Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. It is good to see each and every one of you this morning. Good morning. And welcome to Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. If you're visiting with us this morning, we ask you to please fill out the little visitor card you'll find in front of you. Place an offering plate that comes around. We even have a record of your visit. We greatly appreciate that. In the meantime, I'm going to share with you a little bit about what God is doing at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. Well, if you got a chance to go out with our singles last night, they went out and visited the lights in Toledo and had a wonderful time there. Look forward to seeing some of those pictures in there. I'm a little bit jealous because I haven't been to the light show in Toledo yet. But I was last night with a group of Robinson people at Main Street, Bethlehem in Burnett, Texas. If you have not seen that, you need to get out and see that. That is a neat, neat, neat live nativity. And I want you to know, they go so far in depth in it. They actually have Roman soldiers walking around. They have shepherds showing up, standing up on the well, proclaiming what the angels have said in the city. It is a neat, neat, neat nativity show. If you can get a chance to see it, if the Lord tarries, you need to go next year. And see that. So that is a neat, neat, neat thing to see. All right. Uh, in the meantime, I'll share with you a little bit about what's coming up. The Robinson Avenue has a very busy week here. So if you're involved in these committees and you're involved in what's happening, you need to be a part of that. Number one, today at 4 o'clock, there's a ministry team meeting. If you're on that ministry team, please be there. However, I want to remind you that because it's such a busy day, please be prepared to have your spot done quickly. All right, 4.30, Christmas Cantata practice will be happening here in the sanctuary. So I'm going to let those that are on our ministry team to sing Cantata have the four first, so they can get over here for practice quickly. Uh, 6 o'clock, evening worship. Folks, we will be having our quarterly business meeting. You are invited to come be a part of that. However, it is business meeting. So um, I know, go like this, right? <laughs> I know. But it's that time for that business meeting. So... Uh, pray for that. We'll also be going over the church budget in that way as well. So, all right. Starting out this week, church, we'll be getting to some powder practices. I want to remind you that the ladies, I think, is there is the final Bible study this week? Are you already done? Done. So, so the ladies are taking a break till January. Now, the guys are still going, though. Is that right? The guys said, we're too manly to quit. Amen. <laughs> so, men's Bible study Thursdays at 630 so if you're interested in that, show up there. Room 103 is a wonderful place to be with a wonderful group of guys. Yes, sir. <laughs> and they sing the song, We'll Work Till Jesus Comes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, CD. That's a beautiful blessing in that. Uh, also, church, I want to remind you that this Friday, the Children's Church will be having a rest rehearsal for their Children's Chicago, which is Sunday evening, the 17th. So if you have a child in that Chicago, they need to be here Friday at 6 p.m. And they're going to stay through about 8, practicing at Chicago. Uh, also, uh, speaking of the business meeting tonight, the Children's Church is requesting that some child be in Chicago, that they would still come to church tonight, so they can have that last practice before that as well. So uh, be mindful of that. Saturday, men's prayer breakfast at 7 a.m. Followed later on in the afternoon, the adult Chicago will be having its dress rehearsal for that Sunday morning Chicago. So get your heart prepared for that. You get a little taste of Chicago today. So be in prayer for that. It's a beautiful time. Come and worship with us in that and come and be a part of what God is doing about Avenue in our choir. We will be hiring for the choir here soon. Uh, starting after the Chicago, we'll be taking new places for the Red Little Mark in the choir. So if you're interested in that, so get involved in that right after the Chicago. So one more week, not a long time to wait. 
All right. I uh, want to remind you that Saturday night at Wealth 16, we'll be having our cookie exchange. The Wealth Saturday Baptist Church is going to be from 5 to 8. It's a time of fellowship, a time of fun, a time of game. Of course, a time where you can trade out your cookies. There'll be a few other things there as well. And come and be a part of that as well. Uh, time of fellowship and game playing. I think there's going to be some raffles in there. And, uh, Ms. Lester, do you have anything to add to that? That's right. Even the flash. I said it all. So come be a part of exchange as well. All right. Uh, I think that's it for our uh, announcements other than, of course, as you probably know, September 24th, we'll have regular services Sunday morning, but I want to remind you, the ministry team has decided not to have Sunday school that day. We're going to have a church breakfast instead. And so from 9.30 to 10, somewhere around there, 15, 15, 20, we'll be breakfast in the fellowship hall. 10.45, we'll have our regular worship services. And of course, Sunday evening, our camp, uh, well, Christmas will have a candlelight service at 6 p.m. That too is going to be a blessing. So we're looking forward to those. Uh, I think that's about all the announcements that I had. I look like we've gotten something that's possible. If not, go on. Anytime, go. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, would you please rise and welcome one another? Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, how we thank you for this day. You bless us today with a double portion of your spirit, Lord. Fill us with your goodness. May we feel you, Lord, and hear you today, and know that you're with us, and you'll never leave us or forsake us. I also pray, Lord, to be with those who are not with us today from sickness, Lord, or those that are out traveling. Bless them and keep them safe and bring them safely back to us, Lord, and let them know that we love them and are praying for them. In the meantime, Lord, would you go with us now as we worship you? May we worship you again in truth and spirit. May your name be glorified. Speak to our hearts, Lord, that there be anyone who needs to know your personal Lord and Savior. And so that today be that day. So we give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' holy name. Y'all please rise and welcome one another.
barbecue unit. If you would, please find your way back to your seats. We'll continue on with our worship service.
good to see each and every one of you. Just bless this wonderful morning. Share your Bibles. Come to peace in Luke chapter 2. Thank you to those of you that uh, helped me and my family with Hanukkah uh, last week. Those of you that participated in that, hope you were blessed as much as we were. A wonderful crowd, a wonderful time, and it was a blessing, and the food was good as well. Uh, somebody asked me, said, Pastor, where are we at Hanukkah? Tonight is the fourth night of Hanukkah. So it's a beautiful time for my people, for my family. Thank you for that. For allowing us to be a part of that. For allowing me to be me. I bless you for that. Love you for that. In 30 years of ministry, not every church lets me be me. I want to thank you for that. Luke chapter 2. The title of this morning's message is The Very Hundred All Be Me. Mary Pondered All Be Me. Let's read verse 19 of Luke chapter 2. The Bible says that Mary kept all these things and pondered them. Father God, we thank you God in Jesus' name. And everybody, thank you for this today. And I pray, Lord God, as we look into your word, you speak to us, you teach us, Lord. Open our hearts to hear from you. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' blessed and the holy righteous name, that there will be anyone who needs to come to know you as personal, Lord, and Savior. Anyone who needs to get their walk right with you to that stage of that day. We bless you, we praise you, we thank you, and we give you all the glory, even now, in Jesus' holy name. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So, as we look into our Christmas season, let's continue our thoughts with that particular phrase. Mary pondered on these things in her heart. I'm a ponderer, and I love to ponder on things. You know what I ponder most about? What's for dinner, isn't it? <laughs> I love to think about that. I love to think about what's happening there. Some of you are pondering, are the Cowboys going to make it to the playoffs? I got an amen. I got some OBs over here. <laughs> what do you ponder about? And so the question we got to ask ourselves this morning is, what did Mary ponder in the heart? You know, the Bible doesn't tell us what all she pondered. In fact, it just tells us she pondered all these things in her heart. She pondered them all. And so we don't have time to go through all the things that happened in Jesus' life. But I can tell you right now, I'm married to my Betsy for 25 years, and there isn't a thing that happens in our kid's life that she doesn't ponder about. You know what I'm talking about? If you're a mom or you're a dad, then you often question, why is that boy doing that? Why is that girl doing that? What got in her head? And then when they do something great, though, you ponder. You're like, where did they get that from? Not from their dad. So what did Mary ponder in her heart? As you start thinking about that particular question, you might have some thoughts. You might be saying, Pastor, I think that maybe Mary pondered the crucifixion. Because you know, she and her family grew up reading the Scriptures. You know that Joseph and his family grew up reading the Scriptures. And so they probably knew that Messiah, Mashiach, was going to be a suffering servant. They read Isaiah 53. They read Psalm 22. They knew the picture of this servant who would suffer and by his wounds and stripes he was going to be healed. Then again, they may have heard from the Jewish tradition that perhaps Messiah was going to be a military leader and 
deliver Israel from the tyranny of Rome. Somehow, I don't see any hope for that. I believe that Mary, like most moms, would have taken those scriptures and begun to ponder them in her heart, began to ponder maybe the crucifixion. Maybe she pondered in Jesus' life later on after she heard over and over again the stories of the Last Supper. Maybe those are the things that she pondered in her heart. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the tales that would have been told? And he was there at the supper table, and John laid his head on the breast of the Lamb of God and looked up at him and said, Well, is it I who thirsty? He washed our feet. He girded himself with a towel and washed our feet. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass. And let thy will be done. Perhaps it was the coming of the torchlight that Perhaps the stomping and the marching of the soldiers' feet. The voices, the shrill voices that came into the garden. Shepherds bowed before the Lamb. Maybe that was something she pondered. Perhaps she pondered the stories they told. We were out in the field with a flock. Out of sudden the skies opened and we saw the host of heaven. And they told us today, tonight, the city of David.
head before he takes them all to pieces. You know what's funny? If you're a Hebrew reader, when he says, Simeon, Lord, I've seen your salvation. You know when he says that? Lord, I've seen your Jesus. I've seen your Yeshua. I've seen your salvation. Be the light to bring revelation to the Gentiles in verse 32. And the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken of him. Yea, a sword will pierce through thine own soul also. But the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I wonder if she pondered on that. I wonder if she thought about that at night when she laid down in the bed as little Jesus was growing in her family, growing in her household. She remembered the words of Simeon the prophet. He said, a sword's going to pierce your own soul also. You're going to hurt. You're going to bleed. You're going to cry out for your son who is the sacrifice. Coming in that empty, she gave thanks to the Lord. She gave thanks to the Lord. Spoke of him to all those who looked for the gentle in Jerusalem. She came up, she gave thanks, and she started going to anybody and everybody in the temple who were looking for the gentle in Israel. I wonder what she said. I wonder what she said. I found the redemption. Look, there's the redemption. You can see the redemption. You can look in his face. You can see him and look in his eyes. I wonder if that's what Mary said. We can see then that Mary pondered on at least three principles. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Three principles that perhaps Mary pondered in her heart. Number one, sanctification. She looked at the death of her son. For Simeon tells her he is going to die. Tribulation. Persecution. He's going to be spoken against. In fact, the sword's going to pierce your own soul. Justification for he will be a light to his people, and he will bring many to the light to be the glory of our people. All those speaking all those need to be made new, need to be made whole. So let's take a look at this. Take a look at how those might work in our lives. And perhaps I'm preaching to you this morning. You're not in the pews with us, but you're online this morning. You're saying, I'm looking for a church home. I'm looking for a place to be. I'm looking for somewhere to go. And I need somewhere that talks about what Jesus did, what Jesus is doing, and what Jesus is going to do. Well, I want you to know something, and you need to listen closely now. You can't look into what God is doing until you know Him as personal Lord and Savior. You need to come to find Him as your Savior. In fact, as we look at what Mary pondered in her heart, one of the things that may have crossed across her mind, one of the things she may have thought about late at night, was my son is going to be a sacrifice. He's going to die for all of mankind. In fact, we call that sanctification. To be sanctified. Have you been sanctified? 
Are you sanctified this morning? You might be sitting in the pew saying, Pastor, I don't know what being sanctified is. Then I want to invite you to come to know Jesus and be sanctified this morning. Being sanctified is the process of being made holy, resulting in a changed lifestyle for the believer. Are you hearing me this morning? Sanctified doesn't mean I got saved and I don't change. Sanctified means I got saved and everything about me changed. Amen or oh me? Some of us have been living that forever and they say, Oh my goodness, I got saved and because I don't change, then everything's on God. I want you to know something right now. When you get saved, God changes you. If you're not changing, then you need to find out whether you got saved. You need to find out whether or not you've been sanctified. Let's talk about what sanctification is. We look through our Bible dictionary, tells us the process of being made holy, resulting in a changed lifestyle for the believer. Sanctification for the layman, though, is a little bit different. And let me give it to you how I understand it, because I'm a simple guy. Sanctified means something that is made holy, that is consecrated for God's use, set aside and put apart for that. And so when you become a Christian, listen to me now, when you become a Christian, when you put Jesus Christ in your heart, in your in your soul, make him Lord and save your life, you get set apart for his use. You become a tool for him to use. You become something for him to use in his kingdom. That's called sanctification. Set apart, made holy, made ready for the master's use. And I want to ask you a question. Are you ready for his use this morning? And perhaps you might be saying, Pastor, I've been ready for God's use for 20 years. I want to get ready. Well, what you need to do is get your heart back into Jesus' head. Get your will back into Jesus' head. Get your mind back into Jesus' head. And get yourself back into the Word of God. You want to be sanctified? Then you need to get saved. Let me tell you, you can't be sanctified. You can't be holy. You can't be true until you become a Christian. When you are sanctified, that means you're consecrated. The old-fashioned way of doing it, they would take something. You ever heard of holy water? Of course you have. We don't have holy water in the Baptist church. Only holy water we got will come out of the water fountain. Somebody say amen. It better be cold here in Texas too, right? So we don't have holy water like that. But back in the old days, they would take something, an oil or a water or a cloth, and they would put it on top of something, and they would pray over it, saying, this sanctifies it. It sets it apart for God's use and makes it holy. As a Christian, you get washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and you become holy, set aside for the Master's use. Somebody say amen this morning. And that's what Christmas is all about. I know we were talking about uh, Christmas and bows and jingle bells and things like that. But you need to understand Christmas isn't about getting presents. It's about getting saved. It's about being sanctified. It's about God making you usable. It's about God making you holy. And being sanctified is becoming usable in God's kingdom. So I wonder if one of the things that Mary pondered in her heart was, my goodness, God is making His people usable again. And I want you to know, this Christmas season is the best time to be usable to God again. Perhaps you're one of those who says, I was usable before. There was a time I was a preacher, a time I was a teacher, there was a time I was a servant in the church, and I gave myself to God. However, over the last couple of years, I've been unsanctified, I've been unusable, I've been sinful, and I've been off of my own will and my own path. Well, you know something, you need to get back in the will of God and be sanctified again. Doesn't mean you need to get you saved. What it does mean is you need to repent and come back home. It does mean you need to give your heart back to Jesus. It means that you need to come back home like the prodigal son. Sanctification is the process of being made holy. So how does God sanctify us? Look with me in Luke two fourteen. 
you know the story. The angels have tore open heaven, some scholars would say. They roll open heaven, and the shepherds get to see them, and they say something amazing to the shepherds. They say, Jesus on the earth, good will towards men. We're looking at the Christmas story now. We're looking at being sanctified. We're looking at being usable in God's kingdom. So how did Christ sanctify us? Well, you already know. He sanctified us by washing us in His blood. But you need to look at another picture as well. The other picture here is that God brings peace through His Son on the earth. That means that without His Son, we're in a state of war with God. That's right. Amen. Amen or oh me. If you're not a Christian, you're not right with God no matter how good you think you are. You're not right with God no matter how perfect you think you are. You're not right with God no matter how holy you think you are or how clean you think you are. Because the angels open up and say there's going to be peace on the earth. Now, when I was a young Christian, I used to think of this as being peace between armies, right, on, in countries. Peace between China and peace between the United States and peace between Israel and peace between Hamas. Wrong. That is not what the Bible is talking about here. It's talking about peace between man and God. And there's only one who can bring that, and that's Jesus Christ by the gift of His precious blood. Yes. Hallelujah. That's being sanctified. You need to be sanctified this morning because without Him, you are in a state of war with God. And let me tell you something, brother and sister. You are not going to win that war. You're going to lose and lose and war, y'all. Some of us think we can win it all the time. I know I was there. I thought that I could outsmart God. Can you imagine that? I thought that I could outwit God. I thought that I could use God's Word to find a loophole in it. You win a war? We like to think nowadays is when somebody surrenders. When's the last time somebody surrendered? You ever read the scriptures? Jesus talks about it like this. He says, hey, in those last days, there's going to be war. And help me out now, church. Rumors of war. You know rumors? That Greek word has the, has the meaning of echo. A war that keeps reverberating echoes and echoes and echoes and echoes and echoes. When's the last time a war is officially ended? No, we have a ceasefire and the rumors of it keep going. Boom, boom, boom. Look at me. Look at me now for a second. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Last official surrender that I could think of. It's like World War II. You know? Next comes Korea, and we have a ceasefire. We still have echoes of that war right now. Somebody say amen. We had a ceasefire in Vietnam, and we are still having the echoes of it. We had this stopping of a war in the Middle East, and we're still fighting it today. Somebody say amen this morning. You know what? When you think you can outsmart God, what you're doing is keeping yourself in a state of war with Him. And one of these days, He's going to drop the nuclear bomb called judgment. You know what I mean? You've got to get sanctified. You've got to be made new. You understand the picture here, what Christmas is. It's not just about red bows and jingle bells. It's about red, precious blood shed for you. How did Christ sanctify us? Number one, He brought peace on the earth. Peace between God and man. God brought peace. The Bible tells us that. Tells us He made peace between us. Man, Jesus Christ, He brought peace. Look at this. He also says in verse 14, God brings goodwill towards man. God, goodwill. You ever think about what it means like for God to have bad will towards you? 
You don't know what it's like to have God's majesty at the moment. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards us. So how does God think of Let's move into Paul's letters and take a look at here, Colossians 1, 20. Let's look here. Uh, and, and by him, Jesus Christ, to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. It took Jesus' blood for you to have peace with God. And the angels show up and say, Peace on the earth, because God has made a way for there to be peace between man and God through the blood of Jesus. His blood. What about goodwill towards men? Take a look at me in 1 Timothy 2, 4 to 6. Who desire all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know something? It is God's will for you to get saved. It is God's will for all men to get saved. Read with me again at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. Who desires all men to be saved. Not some men. Not special men. Not predestined men. Are you hearing me this morning? But all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. That's God's good will toward men. I gave a way for peace, and I gave a place for you to go for mediation. God's good will. Not only, though, are we sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, not only do we get his good will, his peace through the blood of Jesus, Time to go over this, but I'm gonna do it right now quickly. You don't have to get when you become a Christian. You get, guess what now? You get to be a part of the family of God. That's right. You ever read in John chapter 1? Those who received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. Do you want to be a child of God? Some of you might be saying, We're all children of God, but you're not. If you're not a Christian, you're a child of the devil. You are not a child of God until Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And then you have the right to be a child of God because you have peace with God through Jesus Christ. You have goodwill of God through Jesus Christ because He sanctified you. Let's take a look at the justification part. Maybe that's something else Mary pondered in her heart. Not only was she talking about being sanctified, not only was she wondering about that, my goodness, my son is going to sanctify the whole world. We're going to talk about Mary, did you know? What about justification? To be justified. You know what justification is? A divine forensic act of God. But I'm going to stop you right there. You know what justification is to me? Justification is when you try to tell somebody this is why I'm here. If you're a dad, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you shouldn't do it every day. Why didn't you do that? Well, the phone rang. The video game was on. Dad, the TV show was on. Dad, the dog was barking. And they justified. Why they did and didn't do it? Why did you attack your little brother? He called me a name. I got four sons. There's nothing I've ever heard about that. And he justified. Why is the name of Jesus Christ? He was justified to God. It's a divine, forensic act of God based on the work of Christ upon the cross, whereby a sinner is pronounced righteous by the imputation of the righteousness of Christ. What does that mean? It means, it means for God made him who knew no sin to become sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, when you become a Christian, God doesn't see you anymore. He sees the perfect, holy, blameless, 
condemn this life of His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, and therefore you are justified to be in the presence of God. Look with me in 1 Timothy 2, verse 46. We already looked at this again. Look with me here. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So there's one God and one mediator. That's your justification. Jesus takes your place. When I was growing up, I had a chance to stay at home. And let me tell you, as a young man, that was a rare thing for me. I had three brothers myself. And to be home alone means I got to watch what I wanted to on TV. Before I was a Christian, I praised the Lord for that. However, when the time came for me to watch what I wanted to on TV, all the good shows were already done. The shows I wanted to watch were over, and so I got to watch what was left over. You know what I ended up watching? One of my friends said, You need to see the news, No, I watched Perry Mason. You remember that theme song? You remember the song? Remember it? You're not doing it with me. Don't you doing that with me? You know, no matter what was happening in Perry Mason's life, he would find the meaning and justification. No matter what crime he had, it could be good, it could be bad, it could be guilty, it could be not guilty. He was justified. Why the charge should be and why the charge should be. Look at me in verse 5. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, man, Jesus Christ. You understand what Jesus does? As he justifies us, he's our high priest. He's our mediator. He's the one that goes between you and God. You know why, Christian? There's times when you're going to sin even after you've been Yeah, amen, old me. You're going to. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You've got a mediator. And that mediator goes in for his Father, and he justifies you being there. Look with me in verse 6. This is the justification. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. In other words, it's Father. My blood covers him. Father, my life covers him. Father, my holiness covers him. He's justified because I am his Lord and his Savior. came for a Christmas sermon. You want to hear about bells and jingle bells and red bow ties. So you're thinking, what's Christmas all about? You know what Christmas is all about? God so loved the world and gave His only begotten Son. Help me out now. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what Christmas is. That's what Christmas is. It's not about trees and life. All those things are neat. All those things are nice. Yes, they're beautiful. Let me tell you, there is no Christmas without Jesus. You've heard it said before, Jesus is the reason for the season. We've said it many times. I want to challenge you if you want Christmas is the one day of the year you can openly talk about Jesus and nobody argues with you. You can actually go around and say, this is Christmas, the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And even the atheists would be quiet. He might say, I don't believe that. We're going to argue because we know that's why we celebrate Christmas. But I want to challenge you to use this Christmas season as an opportunity to share the gospel. People are expecting you to say, peace on the earth, goodwill toward men. They're expecting you to say, 
Jesus was born in a manger of the virgin, and they're expecting you to share the good news. So do it. Get to it. Come on now. I'm going to finish the song if you will. <laughs> How do you justify that? How do you justify that? Remember, sending the prophets, Mary and Joseph going to the temple to have Jesus circumcised on the eighth day. Simeon comes up with this. He's a son. Gentiles like to look for miracles. Come on, say amen. We want miracles all the time. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I'm just going to ask you. I'm just going to ask you. Did you know that people today who Jesus Christ, Muslim, Jew, atheist, anybody else, actually justifying Jesus as a Savior? Look at me again here. Verse 34. When Simeon blessed him and said that Mary is murdered, behold, this child is destined for the fall.
light would shine into the darkness. And wherever the light would go, the darkness would flee. So, Christian, when you walk into a world full of darkness, when you walk into a world full of hatred, when you walk into a world that does not love Jesus Christ, then they hate the Jesus that's in you. And they're going to take it out on you. But you need to be encouraged. Because remember what John 7 says, the world cannot hate you. It doesn't hate you. It hates Jesus. Justified. Look with me in Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, talking about the peace that He brought to us. Peace on the earth. Peace with God. Romans 5, 1 tells us not only are we justified, we have peace with God through faith. That's right, faith. Faith is the vehicle God chooses to work through. Not a work. Not of anything good you can do. Not of anything you've done, period. But simply because you believe. Can I ask you a question, Sarah? Are you ready to believe in Jesus Christ? No. I said, Pastor, I've never heard it put that way before. I've heard it put, I've got to be in a church. I've heard I've got to be in a catechism class. I've got to be in a new believer's class. I've got to be baptized. I've got to partake of communion. I want you to know the Bible says all you've got to do is believe. Not a work. That's any man should know. So faith, then, is the vehicle God chooses to work through. And sometimes, as Christians, we make the mistake of leaving that vehicle. Now, walk with me for just a second in, in my mind's eye here. Have you ever had a car break down on the highway? Surely you have. You're a Baptist, like me. You had a flat tire. You had your car break down. And you had no one you could call. And so you began walking home on the highway. And everybody else was driving in their car. You know what happens, Christian? When you step out of faith and start trying to do it on your own, it's like you're traveling the highway on your feet when God said, I've given you a car to ride in. And most of us feel like, well, i got to fix my car myself. You can't fix it yourself. You've got to call upon Jesus Christ. You've got to call upon God who sanctifies, who justifies, and I get you back in your car and back on the journey you're supposed to be on. Look with me again in Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, if they justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you need peace with God this morning? You've got to do it through Jesus. You've got to do it through faith. Romans 2, 8, 9 tells us, for we are saved by grace through faith. Not a work that any man should know. Not only though, are we sanctified and justified. Perhaps something else may have thought about that one word, regeneration. What is regeneration? I think of regeneration. I think of when I was a kid, North Carolina, my father was at Fort Bell. We had a chance to go to the beach. We could make a few minutes of hat and there. And while we were there, we found a large sculpture. And the guy came up and he took that sculpture from us. And he cut that sculpture from the beach. And he told us that sculpture could go in the water if we were for it. And he called us. God alone awakens the person spiritually to the power of His Holy Spirit. How do we learn the lesson of the Sarsis? The Sarsis can't cut itself. Somebody else cut it. When you get cut, you know, you can do it, I can do it, you can do it, or the 
want to worship with us right now in the church. Don't forget, tonight, 6 p.m., That's good. Business meetings, love family, always enjoy. You are invited to come be a part of that. You're a member. Come and, and give your voice. And if you're not a member, you can come and give your voice. Love family, that business is all about. Come and come and that. Usually, when the business meeting is over, if you have enough time, we'll have a quick summit. If not, we'll call it a night. I'm expecting to call it a night. We are doing our business meeting. Meantime, I want to remind you that ladies have taken a break from the Bible study. We'll pick back up in January. So be aware about that. Be a part of that. Also, I want to remind you that a new class will be starting to Sunday school in January called Why That in the Bible. Uh, yes, that would be a part of that as well. There's some more details in that. Uh, it'll be starting probably in the evening time. I think Sunday will probably be in the evening time on Monday night. Why is that in the Bible? So be in prayer about that. I'll be teaching that class. Interesting, interesting class. And we'll look at some of those, those pictures in the Bible that we're like, why is that there? And no one can explain that. Well, we're not trying to explain it. A lot of fun. All right. Uh, don't forget Wednesday night we have regular services right here at six thirty in the sanctuary. And I think that's about it for our announcements. What's up about something again? Let's close in a word of prayer. I'm going to have to go there. Before we can pray, Pastor. Come forward. We're going to lay our hands on a church member.